If John Travolta has taught us anything, it's that the ladies can't resist a man who can dance. Well, at least that's true for one species of colorful bird known as the blue mannequin. But there are tons of birds out there that dance to get attention. What makes this guy so special? Well, it all comes down to rehearsing with your crew here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. To check that out, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter at ldtaxonomy.com. Or no, just ldtaxonomy. <laughs> or you can visit us at our home on the web at, LDTax- at ldtaxonomy.com. Goodness. Uh, but an extra special thank you to our patrons, to Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, and Paul Chomo. Thank you so much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. And today we're talking about a Casanova with a posse, but more on that later. With a crew, a pit crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've actually uh, covered this kind of animal before mannequins yeah we covered the mannequin yes, bird. we're talking about mannequins plastic best episode of uh doctor, doctor who. who the first episode of uh the chris Egg- Egg- eggleston yeah aka the episode that almost made me not never watch it again <laughs> the if i hadn't already seen blink uh i would not have continued watching <laughs> I think I saw. I think I had the same exact experience. But yes, we're talking about the, but not just any mannequin, the blue mannequin. Um, but it's also this, the blue mannequin is also known as the swallow-tailed mannequin. Um, but we're gonna call it Dirty Dancing and the Flap Street Boys. What about Blue Mannequin Group? Blue Mannequin Group. That was that's actually a pretty good one. I didn't think of that. Thematic. I have not seen a Blue Man Group performance, but I imagine there is an element of dance. Sort of. Do you like pipes and paint and and like throwing things? Yeah. And and bald uh, monochromatic men that say nothing but look very intently. Sure. They're all Vision. They're all Paul Bettany. Yeah. <laughs> um. I like most of those things. Paint and throwing things are, are t- chief among them. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, this is the blue mannequin. Oh, you, you're... Uh, care to taxonomize this one? I'd love to. It's in the kingdom you know, love, and are in the kingdom animalia. It's in the phylum chordata, because you know what that means. Uh, it's in the class, you already know it. It's a bird. Havies, Maria. Havies. Uh, yeah, we've done we've done that before. Have we? The taxonomy has a lot of uh, recurring jokes. I we I've I've d- determined never to say this to do the squamata joke, and then we need to retire the Chelly Serrata joke as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
the order is pass passeriformes, passeriformes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the largest order of like birds. A ton of birds, yeah, like crows. You know them. Um, the family is Pipridae, mm-hmm. which is, you know, mannequin birds. Mannequins, yeah. The mannequins. And then the genus is um, Chiroxyphia, 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 is that? Chiroxyphia or Chiroxyphia, one of those two. I'm seeing Chiroxyphia. Chiroxyphia, like xylophone. There's a big X there in the middle. Mm -hmm. We don't usually have to deal with X. No, it's a, it's like moonshines in the middle there. Big bunch of X's on it. Delicious. Uh, the species is Caudata. Cudata. Chirozifia <laughs> Caudata. Yep, my favorite character from Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for my favorite part of the show. Critter Groups. The part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal, or what is the term of entry, or what is the collective noun? It's all the same. If you saw, specifically, a group of male mannequin bachelors, what would you call them? Would you call them A, a gripe of mannequins? B, a squad of mannequins? C, a fam of mannequins? Or D, a lek? Of mannequins. It's a gripe. Is that your... Okay. Uh, Incorrect. I think this is the first one you've gotten incorrect in a while. You've gotten a lot of them right. Is it squad? Uh, The answer is lek. Ooh. Yeah, no. I ruled out everything that sounded like a made-up syllable. Yep. Uh, I knew that uh, (laughs) I put fam in there just because if lek was the only made-up syllable, it would make it stand out, which is a lesson I learned from last week. (laughs) Um, I'm getting better at making quizzes. Um, but yeah, uh, a group of male bachelor mannequins is called a lek Hmm. and, uh, their whole, I, the whole process of them trying to impress females is called lecking, which sounds like leching, which is a really sleazy way for humans to impress (laughs) females lecking is something that like more than just this bird does it's a it's like just a general like when yeah like courtship rituals when males come together to do courtship rituals or or competitions yeah specifically males cool would you like would you like me to describe it to you sure well, mannequins are plump, sparrow-shaped birds with round bodies, large heads, and small pointed beaks. They're cute. They're adorable. Yeah. Think of a cute and adorable bird. You, you're thinking of this, at least in shape. Um, but blue mannequin males are cerulean blue, a nice cerulean blue. True blue, you might even say, um, on their body. But their their wings and their tail feathers are black. Um and they also have black on their heads, but they're topped. Their heads are topped with a red hat. You got a little red, like mohawk. Mohawk, yeah. 
They live, they die, they live again. It doesn't stick up. Uh, (laughs) Females are dark green with some dark brown or black to blend in with the forest. They're they're the more, uh, as with many birds, females are utilitarian in their color. Drab. Drab uh, forest blend. Sounds like... That sounds coffee. like coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, drab forest blend sounds like the nastiest kind of coffee. <laughs> young males start green and then develop their blue and red feathers as they age. Also, females are, are also start green, but they uh, stay green. They stay green. But I said they're sparrow shaped, but what are they sparrow sized? Uh, welcome to the Love Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show, the part of the show when we present the animal sizes and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also the part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio yourself saying senior chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new measure up intro this week, which means we will not be gassed and we will not be doing a good job. <laughs> I, I mean, we will. What? We'll try. Oh, I see. I see. We're going to be, we're, we're actually deflated a little bit. Prepare for a subpar rest of the episode. A solemn affair. Yes. But guess what that means? That means we get to uh, reach back into the archives to find some of our greatest hits. Nice. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Measure up, Buttercup. Did you hear that? Barely. Is that you? Calvin? You have, you will do now. It is. It is sent in from Cook. Uh, it's been a long time, but thank you, Cook. Yeah. If you're still out there, thank you again. I, I know for a fact he's still out there. Oh wait, well, that is if he's still listening. That's a relative of, of a friend of ours, right? Yes. Like the niece, yeah, or nephew, yeah. A niche. And yeah, very niche niche market. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> it's more like a nephew market. Um But yeah, thanks, Cook. Yeah. Measure up buttercup. Measure up buttercup. It rhymes. It's Powerpuff Girls. I think that's our only rhyming Measure Up intro. Well, Possibly. Here we go. Let's talk about length. You know, I had to do it. So it's 15 centimeters, 5.9 inches. So the James Webb Space Telescope's mm. first images were released the day we recorded this episode. Yeah. So today, a week ago for the listener, today for us. Um, among these pictures was the deepest ever photograph uh, taken um, since the deep space image taken by the Hubble Space Telescope. This is the farthest picture ever. Um, so the photo depicts an area of the night sky <clears throat> that could be covered by a grain of sand that is held at arm's length. Are you picturing that? You pick up a grain of sand, hold it at arm's length in the night sky that that grain of sand is covering is the amount the 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 pic the picture that's here, so it's this tiny little speck speck of space. And there's t- 
ton. It, it looks like you live in the uh, one of the Men in Black marbles at the end of the movie. Yeah, uh, it depicts a ton of galaxies and and uh, and stuff. It looks like space so pajamas. Many, yeah, it does. Uh, how many grains of sand go into the length of a blue mannequin? Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, this is subverting some expectations. Goodness, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> I thought of like how far away I think that I don't like the, the, the fur, the distance between the earth and the stuff in the picture is too astronomical. The number would be so big and unwieldy. I wouldn't, I don't, I didn't want to do it. We wouldn't have any fun hearing it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, here's a hint. The photo is the sharpest infrared photo ever taken and shows red-shifted galaxies that could not be seen on the visible light spectrum. It also shows incredibly distant galaxies that are magnified by a gravitational lens, which is when a massive gravitational uh, force bends and magnifies light that passes through it. So if you look at the picture, there are like certain like streaks, curved, curved streaks, which are galaxies that are being distorted by um, this gravitational lens. And the gravitational lens is coming from this cluster of galaxies. So there's so much gravity in this cluster um, that it's magnifying the light spectrum so we can see further than we would be able to without this. Isn't that bonkers? Yeah, I remember learning about that in my astronomy class how light interacts with entire galaxies and black holes and stuff like that it's pretty nuts but i'm also trying to think of how many grains of sand go into the length of this bird of this boyd um and i can't i mean a grain a grain it really depends on the kind of sand you can have sugar there sand. A, you could have very coarse. There's a sand. spectrum of size that it has to. If it's any, if it's any smaller, if it's a, a particulate that is any smaller or any bigger than this range, then it is not sand. Um, if it's bigger, it's probably like a pebble or gravel. Um, gravel, yeah. Smaller but it's powder. I, I took the mean, the 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 average of those two numbers. I am going to shoot in the dark and say 5,000. 5,000 grains of sand. Yeah, I mean, I'm just picturing sand. Like a grain of sand, I I probably couldn't even isolate one if I wanted to. I probably couldn't get just one without having like a hundred of them on my finger. So, yeah, we'll go with 5,000. Um, which is not the answer. Oh, yeah, it is the answer. How many grains of sand go into the length of the bird? 5,000. Done. Correct answer is 146. What? What are these pebbles? The average of a grain of sand is 1.03 millimeters. Then I'm thinking of much finer sand. Yeah, I, when, you are, because... Go to um, Deerfield Beach, get a handful of sand, brush it off until you only have one. You could totally isolate. 
Sometimes I have one big one, but like, yeah, I don't thinking of like playground sand. It's just so, yeah, it's like, it's like that sand is very fine. That's on the low end. Yeah, I don't (laughs) Sure. But that goodness, I was off by uh, that was that was not a nursing school victory. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's talk weight. They're between, they are not between, they are 25.6 grams or 0.90 ounces. Nearly an ounce. One ounce. How many blue mannequins go into the largest red footed tortoise ever? Red footed tortoise. Mm hmm. Here's a hint this is a species of tortoise um, that is native to South America. And this particular tortoise was found in Paraguay. Um, and it was around 60 centimeters long. Hmm. I've never heard it pronounced Paraguay before. What is it, Paraguay? That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, because it took me a second. I was like, what? Um, all right. <sighs> Um, all right, I'm gonna say this thing is 150 pounds. So the answer is 2400. The correct answer is 1120. Oh, that is manic. Not a nice victory. <laughs> the tortoise was 28 kilograms, lightweight. <laughs> Why do we even know about this tortoise if it's not the heaviest or the oldest? 61 pounds. It is the heaviest of its species. This, yeah, but it's not the heaviest tortoise. That's all I care about is heavy tortoises. If you were greatly enamored with the red-footed tortoise, you would care about the largest one. Yeah, but that's not me. And that's no one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, two, two, uh, you're going to have to go back to nursing school. But um, let's talk fast facts before we get into the major fact. Sure thing. I'll take my hands off the desk so I can stop making horrible sounds um, in the mic. So, blue mannequins are found in South America, especially, especially in Argentina, Brazil, and Paraguay. Uh, they prefer tropical and subtropical rainforests. They will make a home out of both montane and lowland forests as long as they're moist. You won't catch them in a dry forest. So you need a wet, a wet one. Same. Yeah. I don't think you'll catch a lot of trees in a dry forest either. Dry forest you might catch them on fire. Like... <laughs> yeah, that's what you do. Um, up to five males will live in a hundred square meter area, and one of them will be the alpha. Perhaps more on that later. They feed in the understory of the forest. Do you know what that is? Is that when a forest is uh, not able to be on stage, they get the understory to take over? No, it's a layer of vegetation beneath the main canopy. Oh, never mind. They prefer small fruit and berries. 
but they will sometimes eat insects. They often eat fruit in flight, which is a behavior that is seen in insect-eating birds called hawking. Uh, if Stephen is hawking, that means he is flying <laughs> and eating bugs out of the air. Um, so mannequins have may have at one time eaten mostly insects because of this because of this behavior. They may have done that um, until they found out that fruit tastes way better than bugs. I wouldn't. I've had bugs and fruit. And I got it. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> oh, by the way, Calvin, I finally ate a a lizard tail. Um, no, a uh, cricket. I ate a cricket. Oh, did you? A salted one? Yeah. Remember salt and vinegar. He 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 gave me some crickets, but uh, my wife did not allow me to eat them (laughs) or else uh, if I ate them, then I would not be permitted within a five foot radius of her um, because she is disgusted by the prospect of the most, most efficient protein. So have Um, you guys been married long enough for you to be able to uh, do that? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, she still said no, but I guess we've been married long enough that I did whatever, did what I wanted to anyway. It's like you reach the point where you like go to the bathroom with the door open and start eating bugs. That's just, that's just how comfortable you get in a marriage. Which is what I do with the bathroom in the bathroom anyway. Yeah. Might as well let the whole house know. But it was like the flavor wasn't bad, but the texture was not great. Like, cause you get like a wing bit in your teeth and it's just not a fun time. And you know, it's not crispy, crunchy. There are bits that like, it's like a the the, mush. It's like a kernel of corn, like the outside of the layer of a corn that's like just, or like the uh, a, a pop popcorn when you get like a piece that yeah the um, the brown part, the skin is stuck in your teeth and it's just like, I'm not having fun anymore. <laughs> the flavor's gone and now I just have like pieces of bug. In <laughs> yeah, my mouth. the flavor's gone and now I still have a bug in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think this through. <laughs> uh, finally, while males have rigid territorial and social structures, females share large territories and often feed together. They're more Gregorious. <laughs> They're Gregorian? They're Gregorian, like our calendar. And chants. Yeah. But that's all I got. Do you have anything more interesting than these facts or the, that could be or considered... The- Major? They're just fans of Gregory. Just anyone named Yeah. The 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 there there is a blue mannequin out there named Gregory and they're just followers of him. And they're Gregorian. Um mm-hmm. and he's Gregorius. Yeah. Alright, so as I mentioned in the intro, if you listen to it, uh it's not exactly rare to find a brightly colored tropical bird that dances for the right to make babies. Also, this uh, major fact is called feather loose. Um, in fact, like I said, we covered the mannequin bird in a previous episode because it does fun moonwalking dances along uh, uh, along branches to impress females. Um, but the life of a blue mannequin, male, is possibly the most competitive ma- mating contest in the entire avian world. Um, because the females 
are extremely, and here's here's a $10 word, hypergamous, which I think is how you pronounce that. Um, they practice hypergamy, um, which is basically a fancy way of saying that they are super, super selective of the males that they choose to mate with. So selective, in fact, that up to 90% of blue mannequin males will never mate because of how wow. picky they are. Um, and so that means that males need to step step up 3D in order to stand a chance here. Um, <laughs> and in, in fact, like they may just have the one chance so they better make it a like a a good one <laughs> they better make it the, uh, stick the landing um so how do you make your dance routine if you've only got one shot how do you make it have the most impact possible and the answer is to bring a crew hmm. that's right the blue mannequin gets two to six of its homies together to put on a show that she'll never forget or that she might forget hopefully she doesn't forget it um and this actually works out for everyone it's not just one one bird taking advantage of the others um obviously the the main the main man the the groom uh gets he uh he gets his hype crew uh they help him woo the lady um, and then the, but the backup dancers, they get a crash course in, in wooing themselves from the Prince of Persuasia himself. And, uh, they get their dance moves down and they're also likely to get some little bit of side action, uh, more likely to, uh, if they're involved. And, um, they also have the potential to take over as leading, as the leading man, uh, if, 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 and when it, that role opens up. Um, and the crazy thing is, is that not only does the, this, the, the bachelor have his, have his wingman pun definitely intended. Um, they also rehearse. They have been shown to rehearse ahead of time. And not just like, all right, let's do a dry run, dress rehearsal, and then let's go for it. I mean, you got you, you might just have one shot at this. So they will practice for years on this <laughs> dance. Um and one there there's one ornithologist named Newton George who's who has a lot of information on the subject, but he said he's observed them practicing from eight to two, eight AM to two PM every day. Um, it's almost like a full, it's like a, a full work day, a full time job yeah. to help this guy, you know, knock boots, reproduce. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, so, you know, you, you'll have the two to six, uh, backup dancers and you'll actually have a juvenile. You mentioned the juveniles, um, actually have the same coloration as females. They have the, they're all green. Um, the, the juvenile they will go and and play the part of the female the observer and then they'll do their dance in front of the juvenile over and over and over again 
they'll 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 run lines. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> um it's yeah, so but then once actually showtime, so this is how the dance actually works. I highly encourage you to go on YouTube and find the BBC David Attenborough version of this because it's phenomenal. It's 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 well edited. I don't know how much of that is actually like the the way the way that it's set up is really cute and I don't know how much of that is actually legit. Um but if you when you watch it like um, they so you'll have a female that has that is perched on a branch and in the in the in this particular video there is uh there are three backup dancers and then the the and the main man so so four males and what they what they they do is they all like align next to her on the same branch and then they shuffle toward her and then once the one that's closest to her gets too close he will fly away and go to the back of the line and then they'll continue shuffling forward and then the the first one will go fly away and go back to the the back of the line and so they kind of do this carousel this rotating conveyor belt of of birds um and this is their dance is just is just this and she's <laughs> the female looks mortified <laughs> she's just like crouching and looking up and and staring at these bird these male birds that are just um shuffling toward her and then flying away and shuffling toward her and flying away um and then eventually the dance is over and it's ended when the the main man f flies up to her turns his 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 rump to her and then just starts flapping in her face <laughs> these, these are the flap street boys um and just like just kind of does a, a like hovers and flutters in front of her and then goes and lights on a branch uh separate from the others and in the video um <laughs> you have the other three they they're like all there there's like all this anticipation for like you know is she it, does she like the dance is she gonna go for it the music's anticipatory and and all of the backup dancers are like crouching and looking like Oh, is he gonna is he gonna pick her? Like they're all waiting for a bouquet <laughs> to be thrown at them, um, like they're cartoons. It's 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 chef's kiss, like it's, it's so well done. Um, and then in the video, yeah, spoiler alert, she she's like, yeah, hooray, um, I choose you, Pikachu. Um, and so, but now these these uh, backup dancers. They've got this dance down. They 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 don't have to spend years going forward. They've already got the dance down. So once one of them takes the position of lead male, they've already got an experienced crew of uh, of of backup of wingmen to then go and try to woo another uh, another female. So um, yeah, that's uh. That's what sets this particular mannequin apart from all the other ones. They they all have like really interesting and unique dances, uh, but this one is the one, and it doesn't even seem that um, difficult. Or uh, it's not like they're drawing shapes in the sky or doing these really complex patterns. They're just shuffling toward her and then flying to the back, shuffling toward her and flying in the back. It's like the opposite of if you had a bunch of logs and you were trying to roll, like a you know like a big 
block or something like that and putting the logs in front and then when it came in the back you'd put another one in front so it always had something to roll on it's just the opposite of that so it's basically neil strauss's uh rules of the game for birds i have no idea what that is it's like that have you ever heard of negging that sounds familiar but i don't know what it sounds bad yeah, it is bad, but it's not. We're, that. we're talking about bad, lecking like, here, so it is it like yeah. lecking? It's like, <laughs> yeah. Um, this is, I guess you could say that Neil Strauss is the rules of the game is kind of like lecking. The it's basically like how to pick up women, uh, becoming a, a pickup artist. It's the prince of and persuasia. The, you know, it's um, yeah, Barney, whatever his last name is, in How I Met Your Mother. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like kind of like that. His playbook, um, but. Neil Strauss was like a guy who wrote a playbook and like it had like, you know, just like kind of egregious things like negging, which is intentionally like putting down a woman blocking her exit or something like that. (laughs) Like, no, no, no. Well, I don't know. But like insult her appearance um, or something like. Yes. Yes. Insult her appearance, like put her down so that like, you know, she's you seem more alpha to her. That's that's the Prince of Persuasion from Bob's Burgers. It's like, but it, it also includes yes. like physically, physically stop her from being able to leave the room. <laughs> like Does just... he wear a fedora? Does he peacock in that episode? Like uh, wear like bright colors or like yeah, he's wearing t- like purple t-nos. or something like that. that. Yeah, that's a joke of the rules of the game. That that guy, that character, is a spoof of that of okay. that book. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of uh, that's insane. But, you know, hey, the these blue mannequins, they've already got it down. They've already got the bright colors. They've already got the the dance moves. Um, they've got their playbook that they spend years practicing on. They put- and at least it's offering something, a, a fun dance routine to observe. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey. And it's not like it, it's not intrusive. I mean, I guess it is like flapping in somebody's face (laughs) um but uh you know ultimately it's up to her she can just she can just fly away and be like i didn't like it um and then i guess that mannequin is absolutely depressed for life but um yeah it's uh i've never i now i know what negging is and so does so do all of you I'm probably the only one who didn't know that. Anyway, be better than birds and treat women with respect. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and that's that's all I got. That's the feather featherloose story. Uh, all right, so for you out there in podcast, yeah, that was the blue mannequin group. Uh, so dress to the nines, get your crew together, and dance the night away for the ladies. Like the blue mannequin here in life, death, and taxonomy. Hey, taxonomy titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. 
As always, thanks for listening and engaging. Life, Death, and Taxonomy is my favorite in the world podcast. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that the prince, I couldn't remember the Prince of Persuasia. So your reference and my reference were the, were referencing one another. <laughs> But we had not, we were none the wiser.